Good morning. Thank you, Doris. Uh, well, thank you for the invitation to be here, the opportunity to be in worship with all of you. It is always a blessing to be able to travel to different parts of our conference and to speak and to share about the urban mission and to say thank you for the ways that you have supported us throughout the years as one of your extension ministries. Uh, many of you have visited throughout the years as well, and so I just wanted to, to come and to extend my uh, thanks and gratitude to all of you. Um, my name is Ashley Steele. I'm an elder in the United Methodist Church, and I'm also here representing the Urban Mission. I've been there for almost 12 years, serving as the director and, um, and being a part of various ministries in the Ohio Valley District, as well as the conference as well. Um, I brought with me a special guest, my mom, Kathy Barker. So she uh, was traveling with me today. I grew up in Caddis, so not too far from here, and so I was able to, uh, to pick my mom up and bring her here today. So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> um, we have a saying at the Urban Mission, and uh, it is, you are welcome here. In the next slide, you'll see that. And so when anyone walks into uh, one of our ministry sites, um, it is our hope that they hear that or they see that or they experience that. And so I just wanted to say thank you for welcoming us here this morning. We, too, felt your hospitality uh, as soon as we walked through the door. And so thank you for the warm welcome. Um, the Urban Mission, I'll share a little bit about that before we go into our message time. Um, but the Urban Mission is an extension ministry of the United Methodist Church. And that means our ministry is primarily outside the four walls of a church. Um, we do have a church, but a lot of our work takes place um, just in the community, in the town of Steubenville and surrounding area. Um, the, the work of the mission started in 1959. So we've celebrated our 60-year anniversary not too long ago and are looking forward to our next big anniversary. And it began as the Mill Men's Hostel, which was really an outreach to the steel mill workers working in Weirton Steel, Willing, Willing Pittsburgh, and uh, all of the mills up and down the Ohio River. And as the mills began to change, though, um, the needs of the community also began to change. And so then the Urban Mission was created as a result of a number of United Methodists and others coming together um, to meet the demands, meet the needs of the community. And so throughout the years, uh, we have been doing a number of different ministries to care for the needs of the community. And maybe we can go to a couple more slides just to give you a general overview. You can go to the next one and the next one and the next one and then the next one. And so here are just a few ways that we try to share the good news and to represent the Methodist Church in the community. Uh, first, we do that through food and through a food pantry and through a soup kitchen that we call the Unity Kitchen. Uh, we serve food five to six times a week more than 40 hours a week. And so we want to make sure that no one goes hungry uh, in the Ohio Valley District. We work with a lot of other pantries and a lot of other ministries to make sure that hunger is not an issue. It still is. One in four children in Jefferson County, where Steubenville is located, go hungry each night. But we're really working hard to make sure that that number um, is not the case moving forward. 
Another ministry that we have is a shelter ministry. And actually, right now, we have three shelters that are open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We have a shelter for men, shelter for women, and a shelter for families. And so our main goal is to keep families together so that even when they're in a serious issue like homelessness, that uh, things don't seem too out of the ordinary, that they can remain intact, that we can get them back on their feet and into a permanent home. Another ministry we have, that you'll hear more about this later, is we have a thrift store, and it serves a dual purpose. Uh, Not only does it provide low-cost items for the community, um, but we also uh, provide free items to folks who are transitioning out of our shelter. So we make sure that they have a home full of items, full of furniture, from beds to couches to whatever they might need. And then we also try to um, make sure that our community is clothed. So if somebody comes in needing a coat, we're able to give a coat free of charge, the same things um, for all seasons of the year. Um, We also have a garden, and so uh, several years ago we uh, purchased a a property that was about 2.5 acres of just green space. And so we've been repurposing that and doing a number of different types of ministries on that land. Um, And then we also have a job skills, job training program. And it is a ministry that just really meets people where they are to try to figure out, okay, are you underemployed, are you unemployed, and how can we get you serving um, in your areas of giftedness, using your talents, as we heard earlier, using your skills and abilities that God has given you to get back on your feet uh, on your own. And so that's been a growing ministry of ours, and we're really excited to see what God's going to do there. So the next few pictures just share a little bit more. These are pictures of our food warehouse. This might be a place that you visited when you did come down. uh, This is our men's shelter. Um, This is what we call Martha Manor, and you'll hear more about that. That's our women's shelter. This is our thrift store. And then this is our green space, so about the 2.5 acres. You can see we have chickens there. We have a water retention system. We grow flowers and produce. This is our jobs program. We have a couple more pictures of some of our classes and our graduating classes. And so, again, these are the ways that we try to share the good news of Jesus uh, in the Ohio Valley District and beyond. And one other ministry that's not listed, but if you were to come down and to spend um, perhaps a day with us or even a week with us volunteering, you would be a part of our Joshua program. And it is a program that just allows you to stay on one of our uh, ministry sites and you can just be immersed in the work of the urban mission, doing work that you just saw in our various ministry areas as well as home repairs and other beautification uh, efforts throughout the entire area there. So I invite you, if you're ever looking for a mission trip, the Urban Mission is one of those locations that you can do that. Um, Youth of all ages, clear up until 99. Now I say that, but my grandpa's 100, so you can even be 100 plus if you want, and you can come and serve with us. (laughs) So going to the next slide, just want to give you some reflections of what I see, um, what God is up to in the community. And using that Psalm 23 as just a reflective verse, and you're familiar with Psalm 23, I'm, I'm sure, and so just that verse from Psalm 23, 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
As I think about that passage, it just always speaks to me in the work that we do at the Urban Mission, of how I can see God's goodness and God's grace and mercy just infused into everything that we do. And I think if you're involved in any type of ministry like this, you too would see how God is at work. And so some of my reflections today are just how I've seen God at work at the mission this past few years. And so the first way that I've seen God's goodness and mercy is through our food pantry. Now, I see that you support a local food ministry here. And so ours would be very similar. Um, We're serving about a six-county radius. And so think back to the beginning of the pandemic. Things changed significantly for us and for our food pantry. So about mid-March of 2020, beginning of April 2020, almost overnight, the number of families that we served on a weekly basis and eventually a monthly basis tripled in number. So when you go from serving 1,000 families to 3,000 families within a matter of just a few weeks, it can get a bit scary. Now, also at that time, it was when we were first learning about COVID and just trying to navigate through that as well. And so we didn't have the volunteer capacity that we were used to. Um, We didn't have enough food that we needed uh, to provide for those needs, but we decided early on that we were not going to close because we didn't even know if the grocery stores would be open. And so we might just be the only location that would have food consistently to be able to distribute out. And so for the first few months, it was exhausting, I'll tell you. We pulled all of our staff from all of our other ministry sites to make sure that we were able to get the food out. Uh, We quickly switched from an in-person, inside shopping experience to a drive-through. And so if you've seen pictures and videos on the news where cars are lined up going through food pantries, that's what it looked like in downtown Steubenville for months on end. And for weeks, that's all we did was just pass out food. Um, Our staff adjusted their hours. Um, Food, we were able to get a number of food items from the Mid-Ohio Food Bank out of Columbus, and so they were making special trips all the way down, all the way back to make sure that, that we had enough food that we needed. And so about the end of April 2020, um, Governor DeWine decided that the food pantries needed help throughout Ohio. And so he actually activated 100 National Guard members to go and to serve alongside food pantries. So the next few pictures, you'll start to see some of the National Guard that came to work with us. And when they pulled up, I will tell you, I'd never been more happy in my whole entire life to see um, really the, it felt like the infantry coming, right? The cavalry was there to assist us. And so for months, actually about 16 months, they stayed with us in the area distributing food. And um, during those times, it was challenging. Our our demand of of food continued to rise. Uh, We needed more volunteers. And so you can see a few pictures. We ended up having some of our local Franciscan sisters. So the nuns came to help. And I always have to joke because this is when I realized that God has a sense of humor so that when you put a whole bunch of National Guard members and a whole bunch of sisters together and you try to minister, it makes for an interesting dynamic. 
Because on one hand, you've got the National Guard who are so effective and efficient in their delivery of this food, and then you have the sisters who just want to pause and to pray with everybody and to make sure spiritual needs are taken care of. So you can just imagine the the tension at first, um, but how God uses people from all different backgrounds to serve his purposes, and that's what happened. Um, As time went on, we had help from the State Highway Patrol. They ended up delivering food to people's homes. Just picture this. A State Highway Patrol comes to your house and knocks on your door unexpectedly. You don't know what it's about, but they were actually there for a good purpose to deliver food to homes. Um, And then we also had other pantries step up, and they were able to help get food out. You saw a picture of a a, a summer mobile food pantry that we did. And so all of these folks coming together. And together we distributed 2 million pounds of food. 2 million pounds of food. And that was really just within about a year and some period. And so the neat thing about it is that all of these relationships continue. I've been fortunate to preside over one of the National Guard members' weddings. I've been to two baby showers of theirs. Um, We still remain connected today. They stop back often, and even the sisters are still volunteering with us. And it just became a really neat um, just uh, example of how God allows a really difficult circumstance to turn into something beautiful. And so as I realized during that time, and we're still in the midst of what feels like uh, a high demand for food, we're still serving those 3,000 families plus, um, God's goodness and God's mercy remain. It's so evident in everything that takes place through that shared work with the National Guard and the Highway Patrol and the sisters and others who were able to come back and to volunteer. God was honored and God was present. And hopefully people saw and experienced God's goodness and God's mercy in everything that we were doing. Um, Another story is Urban Thrift. This is our thrift store. We call it Urban Thrift and Opportunity Center. So it's more than a thrift store. And in July of 2021, we reopened the store um, in a new location. So in the midst of the pandemic, when a lot of things were shutting down, we were reinvesting in a space that we could open this this thrift store back up. And so as you can see, there are a couple pictures of what it looks like as we were getting the floors ready and just pulling together different folks. This is actually a, um, a plaza in the downtown area of Steubenville. And so we started bringing folks together to, um, to figure out how we were going to run this, this thrift store. And I will say that for us, um, we'd never run a thrift store before. And so retail is not necessarily our thing. We're a ministry, and so trying to combine the two we thought would be difficult. But actually it's turned into so, something so much more. What we found is that our thrift store is becoming a third place. It's not necessarily a church, and it's not necessarily a social service organization. It's a place where anybody can come. Uh, Everybody's welcome to shop, but there are so many more opportunities, things that you can be involved in there that you might not be able to other places. 
And so we have worship services. We have Bible studies. You'll see pictures. The sisters are back, and they're singing, and they have their guitars and, and leading different uh, events for us. And, and it's a way that we can support the community in a very tangible way. As I mentioned before, we're able to provide free furniture and free household items and free clothes to families in need. And then we're also able to support others who just need to be able to buy things at a low cost. And one of the most treasured things that we've actually found to be a really important ministry there is that we get to be the stewards, those who tend to the items of folks who have passed away. And so if you've ever had to decide what to do with somebody's clothes, a loved one's clothes, or as you're maybe cleaning out a house and you're not sure what to do, we become one of those entities that can receive those items. And for us, that becomes a really big part of our ministry because we can, we can receive those items in love and then we can distribute those items back out into community. And we get to um, share with a family how that individual's legacy can continue. The impact of their life can continue in multiple ways. Um, and so that's been a, a blessing for us. And so um, what I love about the store is that not only does it get to provide all of those resources, but we also use it as a training ground. It's a location where youth, young adults, folks who might be unemployed or underemployed can come and, um, and figure out how to maybe work in a setting where they have to show up on time, where they have to, to report daily, where they have responsibilities and tasks. And so it's a, it's a loving and supportive environment, but a place that people can get back on their feet, hopefully put something on their resume, and be able to, to go out and to work um, somewhere in the community so that they can provide for their family. And so throughout this space, while we had no idea how to run a thrift store, we didn't know what God was doing in all of this, we realized that God's goodness and God's mercy was evident in such a tremendous way. Um, last um, story or reflection of God's goodness, grace, and mercy um, comes from our women and children's shelter. And um, this is a tremendous story that I'd just like to share with you. In October of last, oh goodness, it's been a while, in October of 2021, um, we received word that a nearby um, nursing home, um, it was a assisted living facility, was getting ready to close down. And they uh, were run as a nonprofit, and so in order to, to carry out um, and fulfill the needs of that nonprofit, they had to give this building to another nonprofit. And so um, we ended up being the organization, the ministry, um, that was able to receive this. Now, if you look at this, this is a mansion a literal mansion in downtown Steubenville. And over 100 plus years old, it's something that has been um, changed throughout the years to accommodate the assisted living facility, um, but still in beautiful condition. Just, this is the spring there, it's called Martha Manor, and it's just a beautiful spot. And it had been our prayer for quite some time to find a space to house our women and children who are homeless. Before, they were staying in our men's dorm, and everybody was staying together, and it could get a little um, chaotic and claustrophobic and may not have been the best place for children to be. And so we had been praying for quite some time. And then when this opportunity came up, it felt like it was just an answer to prayer. 
It was clean. There were single rooms. It was equipped with everything that you might need. It had all the security systems and the fire systems and everything. It was already set up. Um, it has our, the biggest and best kitchen for us, and it's located just down the street from some of our other ministry sites. And so last year, March of 2022, on International Women's Day, we held our grand opening. If you'll show maybe the next picture or two, where we began to welcome members of the community, primarily women and children who were homeless, to come and to stay in this space. And I will tell you, the first guests that walked in could not believe where they were. Some of the comments were, I feel like a queen staying here. Or, are you sure this is a homeless shelter? (laughs) These are the comments that we received. And to this day, we still receive those comments. We are full every single day. So there's definitely a need. There's a homeless, uh, homelessness issue in our community. But we now have a place where women and children can stay and feel loved and accepted and treasured and hopefully get back on their feet so that they can have their own home that they can go to. And so as I think about just how things happen relatively quickly for us to be able to find this shelter, how God sort of aligned all things together to make sure that we were able to provide for the needs of women and children. It was just that reminder of God's goodness and God's grace and God's mercy, even when we weren't real sure how we were going to care for those that he brought into our our organization and our ministry. And so going back to Psalm 23.6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long, or how we sometimes say, forever. And I just wanted to share, I was doing some research on this part of the passage because, you know, you sometimes read a passage and you don't think much about it because it's just always been a part of your life. Psalm 23 is like that. But in this particular section, as I was reading um, about some of the the history of the words there, um, I realized that the English translation, what we often use um, for the word specifically, follow here might not necessarily be the author's intended translation. In fact, the Hebrew, just for that word, for follow, the word that we use now might just be too weak of a word. It's too passive. Because in Hebrew, the word follow is really redact or redact. And it means to chase after or pursue. So if we think about it, instead of using surely goodness and mercy shall follow me, if we want to be more true to the original, we should say surely in goodness shall pursue me all the days of my life. And so as you think about that, it kind of makes you think about Psalm 23 in a slightly slightly different way. It makes you think about what God's goodness and what God's grace and God's mercy are actually there for us. And as you think about it, this, surely goodness and mercy shall pursue me all the days of my life. 
it makes you think of a God that's relentlessly chasing after us, that desires to be in a relationship with us, that wants to draw us closer to him so that we can experience his goodness and his mercy and his grace. If there's anything that I've learned at the Urban Mission throughout my time there, it is that God's love and God's grace and God's mercy and God's goodness don't just follow us. They pursue us with an intense focus. Why? Well, I think because we need it. (laughs) But also that God desires for us to grow closer to him knowing who he is and how much he cares for us. And to kind of take that a step further, as I think about the work and the ministry that we do at the Urban Mission, pictures that you saw and just how things have been the last few years, and I've had this realization, well, you know, we felt as if we were, you know, basking in God's goodness and mercy and maybe even being God's instruments of goodness and mercy, providing food and shelter and clothes and all of those kind of things. But it really was just God pursuing us. That even in our time of need, when we needed to rely on him, when we didn't know how we were going to provide enough food or we didn't know how we were going to shelter the women, that God provided and did so in a tremendous way. Not just to provide, but to pursue with his goodness and his mercy. And as I think about that, that message is not just for the mission. It's for us all, for you, and for everyone out there. I would guess that you have stories of your own, of God's goodness and God's mercy in your life. And they aren't just nice stories to tell. They might be your testimony. They might be a way that that you have seen God at work. But perhaps they're God's way of chasing after you, of pursuing you, of causing you to draw closer to him. If that's the case, and I ask our staff this often, What should our response be? If we have a God that is pursuing us and desiring to provide goodness and mercy and grace into our lives, what should our response be? And as I conclude, I think it's a pretty easy response is that we pursue God as well. We draw closer to God too. My prayer is that you would never stop recognizing God's relentless goodness and mercy in your life, in the life of your family, in your church family. And may you never stop being that instrument of goodness and mercy to others. Because you never know just like the National Guard and just like the sisters and just like the folks who deeded over the Martha Manor shelter to us, 
You never know. God just might be using you and your circumstances to pursue someone else. May this message remain with you. May you see it acted out in your own life. And if you feel compelled to come and see how it's being lived out at the Urban Mission, you have an open invitation from me. May God bless you. Amen. If you would stand and join me for the final hymn, it's on page 617 in your hymnal, I Come With Joy. We will be singing um, 1, 4, and 5. <laughs>